Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Kaepernick, end jump, Crabtree, broken up, picked off! This game is over! Well, I'm the best corner in the game! When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get! Don't you ever talk about me! L-O-B! He wants to get in a fight, you can't do that! Quarterback, you can't fight! All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy New Year to you. Uh, and uh, you're very welcome along to the Off the Ball NFL podcast. We've been away for a couple of weeks. In your absence, myself and Donnie have both had extraordinary success in fantasy playoffs. And we're going to bore the pants off you about that in about uh, 25 minutes' time. In the meantime, we're going to talk real football. And I'm delighted to say Happy New Year to Sam Monson, the Pro Football Focus, at PFF underscore Sam on Twitter. Sam, how you doing? I'm good, man. Happy New Year to you too. And to you. Um, we're all pretty excited about this because uh, all the detritus is gone and we're left with nothing but the quality. Wrong. And then you look at the fixtures <laughs> and you go, uh, uh, maybe next week that happens. Is, is next week the first week when all the games are good? No, because Carolina and or uh, either Carolina or Arizona is going to be left. So one of those two teams is going to be traveling up to Seattle, and, most likely. And I... I think it'll. We're looking. We're gonna have to wait two weeks till there's only only quality left. I don't know, Sam. If I necessarily agree, and Carolina is not a bad place to start because they've come good over the last month or so. Um, I heard a very compelling case made for the this being a completely different team. They've uh, a different starting running back in that they've decided to go with Jonathan Stewart. They've three new offensive linemen. They have a new corner. Uh, they have post injury. Post ankle injury, and with current back broken, Cam Newton playing exceedingly well. Is there a genuine case to be made that um, the Panthers aren't the same Panthers from early on in the season? Yeah, I think so. I don't think they're a good team, but they're certainly a dangerous team. Um, and they'd be a dangerous team, you know, even if they win this game and have to travel to Seattle. I think they match up reasonably well or about as well as any team can match up against the Seahawks. You know, they can run the ball. They should be able to run the ball even against the Seahawks. Cam Newton is, is back playing very good football at the moment. And they've got enough kind of weaponry. They've got enough about them to be able to to, to challenge a team, even a, a team as good as the Seahawks. You were all about Riverboat Ron this time last year, Donny. Yeah, I remember that. You're yeah. out now. I've, you know, to be honest, I haven't watched the Panthers play since. I don't think I've seen a snap of any of their action since like week seven or eight. Once it seemed like all they were done for. Yeah. Um, I'm delighted that they knocked Atlanta out. I think they were frauds. I'm glad. <laughs> and I didn't like. I didn't like the Saints either. So, if you think of uh, back a year ago. That Panthers team was pretty close to beating San Francisco and, and making the trip to, to Seattle for the NFC Championship game. So, you know, they weren't that far away. They really seemed offensively really poor for most of the year. Um, then, you know, they beat Atlanta 34-3 last week. They, you know, I don't know. They beat some really bad teams along the way. Um, I think they've beaten one team with a winning record all season, and that was in week two. Yeah, I mean, they beat Cleveland two weeks ago. They Atlanta were poor. So, I don't know. I mean, they're... It's hard to get excited about. Are you really gonna? Are you gonna put? Say you're. You get a little bit of riverboat run into you. Do you? Are you putting your house on any team from that NFC South? I don't. I don't. I don't feel comfortable with them at all. Now Arizona. Well, that's another story. Arizona used to be Arizona, but they're not Arizona anymore. They're Some, more like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Something called Ryan Ninley happened to them, and I. I just think that it's you know. The team seems to just have sort of accepted the fact that they have no chance anymore. I, there's obviously this huge debate going on about the MVP awards and whether or not it should go to Aaron Rodgers or whether or not J.J. Watt should be in the conversation given that the quarterback is so important in this league. And Arizona, I think, are the perfect example of why a quarterback is so important because you take their first choice, their second choice quarterback out and you put Ryan Lindley in and suddenly Sam... They're just an incredibly mediocre, easy-to-beat team. Yeah, in all honesty, their season was done the second they lost Carson Palmer. Um, as much as Bruce Arians made noises that they can win the Super Bowl with Drew Stanton, clearly that's not true. Uh, and it's no more true with Ryan Lindley back there. And then you add in the loss of a guy like their, you know, their top running back, Andre Ellington, has left them with pretty much nothing in the backfield as well. And there's just, I mean, there's nothing left. There's no, nobody can pass the ball well. There's nobody can run the ball well. There's no offense. I mean, the defense is still pretty good. But even at the back end, they've been kind of gashed in the secondary a bit. 
and they just they just can't keep pace with teams. So, you know, it's just there's there's no way left for them to actually succeed. They've they've just been kind of desperately riding the wins they'd already put in the bank before uh, before the wheels fell off. Four hundred yards in the on the ground in the last two games, um, given up as well. And that was against Seattle and San Francisco, where Frank Gore was playing his emotional final game ever yeah. for the Forty ers and Jim Harbaugh's last game of that era. So maybe there was something in that. But they actually did okay against the Forty ers I don't know. You know, they did okay against Seattle too for some of that game. You know, like it was close, and then you could just see that they just broke. Um, I, I, I think it'd probably be the same on Saturday that they'll, they'll put up a fight. There's they, they, they have heart that team, but I don't, I don't think I just don't think they have enough to actually win one of these games. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the Ravens at the Steelers, which is potentially the pick of the weekend's games. Maybe the Lions and the Cowboys uh, is also, but Ravens at Steelers is the next one we're going. Joe Flacco has never been beaten in a first round playoff game in the is it six times he's been there, or five or six times. Um, That's a good stat. It is a good stat. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. There's uh, this one. This one I've been kind of going back and forth with all week. Um, since we realized what the fixtures were going to be, and I don't know, Sam. What do you think? What? what what sways you one direction or another looking at these two teams? The the fitness or otherwise of Le'Veon Bell, I think, is a huge factor. Um, if the Steelers have him and they can, they can take the field with Roethlisberger, Bell and Antonio Brown on offense, it's a really tough offense to slow down or to even limit. But from the sounds of it, Bell is, is very unlikely to be anywhere near 100% and he's pretty iffy to even start the game. If they if they don't have him at all, they've got much bigger problems in terms of running the ball. They've, they've just signed Ben Tate off the street essentially as cover. Other than that, it's it's like Dre Archer and guys like that who you just aren't going to expect to have any kind of run presence against the Ravens. Um, and if they can't run the ball, that allows the the trio of pass rushers the Ravens have um, Suggs, Dumerville, and, and Pernell McPhee to really kind of pin their ears back and come after Roethlisberger and try and impact the passing game that way. Um, so I think if they don't have Bell, I'd kind of lean the Ravens. Um, if they have Bell anywhere near 100%, I think the Steelers are probably a better team overall. Now are they a little bit pissed off that Lagarde Blunt is um, taking the week off, getting ready for the playoffs for the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, he would have been a perfect fallback guy, but they uh, they don't have him anymore, so they're, they're stuck with the bed they, they made. The only thing that strikes me is that CJ Anderson was third in the depth chart at the start of the season for Denver. Is there no possibility that Dre Archer is somebody who's actually quite good or that there's somebody else on their staff? I mean, obviously, if there, there probably isn't if they're looking for Ben uh, Tate. Uh, yeah, if there's, if there's a guy who's going to come out of nowhere and get decent production, it'll be Ben Tate, because Ben Tate, for all his faults, is actually a pretty talented runner. Um, you give him the ball, he's, he can make things happen. Archer, Archer's thing is he's very fast. He ran a 4-2-something at the Combine. So there's a, there's a chance he can break a run, but he's going to need a gap to do it. I think his issue is that he's very small. He's not going to get kind of major... Um, he's not going to make a, a lot happen on his own. Um, he's going to require a crease, and then he might break one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, on any given day, pretty much anybody playing running back in the NFL has got a chance to have a good day with enough blocking and, you know, with a, a couple of, of decent moves here and there. But you you go from kind of the chance of that happening to when you've got Le'Veon Bell, it's happening every week. The guy has been arguably the best running back in the NFL this year. Yeah, and probably should have been in the MVP conversation. You think so? Antonio Brown maybe deserves to be there as well. Yeah. Those guys. Um, this is the week you've got the Colts. Sorry, you got the you got the Ravens. You got the Steelers. You got the Bengals. All these teams who beat up on the AFC South and the NFC South. And these are the teams that we are watching this week. We're not watching the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs or the San Diego Chargers. Teams, I think. Would have been more interesting, more entertaining, but more something about them. I don't, and especially the Steelers are the most interesting. But if you're if Bell is out of the equation, there that that team is much more limited. So 2007, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. the high water mark of quarterback yeah. play, uh, yeah. over 600 passing attempts and single digit interceptions. Yeah, first quarterback in history to do that. Second quarterback in history is Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, there's lots to look forward to with, with Big Ben and Antonio Brown. If you take if if the if the run threat is totally removed from them. It, what are teams? Teams are just going to sit back and try to stop the pass, and so maybe this whole Roethlisberger uh, 
Brady. Well, this is the time. Well, we'll do we'll it, Ben. I hope so. No, I don't know. I, I just have. I, I'm not excited about any of these games. Oh, I think this one's going to be cool. I, I, I like. I actually like watching Joe Flacco as well. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I'm one of the. You, I don't. How could you wear purple uniforms and be taken seriously? Well, I mean, <laughs> that's that's always an important issue that we um we haven't addressed. I don't. I don't like. I don't know. I I. I'd like. I would like to. I would like to see Ben in um, Denver next week. That's a game I'd like to see um, more than any of the of all the second round games. I think that's probably the most interesting. But um, so maybe maybe Bell gets maybe Le'Veon gets his his knee sorted out it's, in the next two days. Uh, the, as we're recording this, he's saying that he's okay, mm. not amazing, but okay. And look, if he takes the field and does all right, then you're going to be expecting something from him and enough. For them to take it seriously and enough for them to be able to get the ball to um, Bryant and to Brown, so yep. then they're going to win. I I still think they'll win. I don't. I think the Ravens are really limited. Another team have beat a lot of bad teams. Um, and like I mean, they were really they barely beat Cleveland last week. Cleveland with Connor Shaw, like um, that game was really tight all the way down. They took a kind of a freak Steve Smith catch to to turn that one. I just like. I, I, Steelers, I think, are the most are the least predictable team in football. Um, but I mean, the the kind of games they, they the results in the last few weeks prove that there's something legitimate there. Especially and now all the bad teams are out of the playoffs in theory, so there's no they don't have them to lose to anymore. Yeah, there's, there's a question about the Steelers the way they beat the good teams and lose against the bad teams. Um, the Jets beat them, the Bucks beat them, somebody else bad beat them. Um, and you're thinking, well, that's just a, a bit of a freak. But that's a good sign, right, for the playoffs, Sam? That I, you know. I mean, the whole AFC North was kind of crazy all year long. And I think it's because none of those teams were actually that good. But all of them had the talent to be able to, to win, you know, one-off games. So, and I think the same thing is true now. You know, both these teams have got big flaws. Um, the Ravens have basically no cornerbacks left. You know, the Steelers, question mark over Bell. They've got problems on defense as well. But both of them have enough and have enough in key places that they can, you know, have a huge game and beat anybody. So the interesting thing is now you're in the playoffs, you're talking, you know, you've only got to do that three more games and you're in the Super Bowl. It's not it's not even a case of how good is the team. It's a case of, you know, how good can they be on the, the day? You know, so maybe the Steelers are a better team overall, but which Steelers turns up and which Ravens turns up? All right, let's move on to the, the Bengals at the Colts. So this is Andy Dalton versus Andrew Luck. And mm-hmm. in those simple terms, you assume that there's only one outcome. And I don't know, again, we're waiting for A.J. Green to see if he's actually A.J. Green playing for the Bengals. Yeah. But um, the Colts have been awful since they've oh, qualified for this. God. What, they've been like the, one of the worst teams in the league. That, yeah. whole, that Dallas game, what an abomination. That was on, I was in New York for the, for, during, on that Sunday. And I, I mean, I know they qualified for the playoffs and they, you know, they really had nothing to play for. They were locked into that third seed. But God. Like you think they did for just for the sake of competitiveness, they didn't look much better against Tennessee last week. Um, now there's maybe they're just playing dead and trying to kind of throw people off their scent. But like they did a good job of that. That's not a really good way to go into the playoffs. Um, T.Y. Hilton was hurt uh, two weeks ago. He was hurt for that Cowboys game. I don't, you know, they're only they're saving grace that they're they're playing one of the the worst playoff teams ever in the Marvin Lewis coached uh, Bengals. And you just can't have any faith in them, especially away from Cincinnati on on Sunday. Yeah, is it just a simple question, Sam? Here that the Bengals don't know what to do in January, and so therefore, until somebody comes into the organization who does know what to do, they're screwed. This this is the one game of the weekend I think that has real potential to be a total blowout. Um, I know the Colts haven't been playing particularly well. But Andrew Luck does seem to have an ability to play his best when it matters the most. And the Bengals are just, there's a lot of wrong with them at the moment. You know, even if they do have A.J. Green, the the receiving core is incredibly thin behind him. If they don't have him, there's nothing there. Um, the You know, the offensive line has been playing fine, but Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. And the defense has been, has taken huge step back, or steps back without uh, Mike Zimmer there. So, I just I don't see how they beat the Colts, um, and yet I can see the Colts turning up and having actually playing well for once. You know, Andrew Luck having a decent game, and I, I just don't see how the Bengals can stay with them. I heard somebody describe Andrew Luck's performance over the last couple of weeks as the the type of performance of somebody who has been hit all year 
puts in at the end of a season. So eventually the cumulative efforts of being pounded because his offensive line isn't very good takes hold. And it, it got me thinking, why the hell are they so bad at putting a team around Andrew Luck and have been bad at putting a team around Andrew Luck over the last couple of years when they're paying him hardly any money or have been at least over the last couple of years? Why have they not been able to beef up that offensive line and solve the issues that would get him hit less? I think they have beefed it up a lot. I mean, it, the offensive line last year was an absolute disaster. Um, it was terrible. But this year, it's actually, it's not been good, but it hasn't been it hasn't been terrible either. It's been an okay unit. Um, they've kind of improved things around them. But part of the issue is that Luck is a, a quarterback who's going to take more hits than a lot of guys. He, he plays that way. You know, he extends plays a bit like Roethlisberger um, and takes more pressure than he needs to. And, you know, you can see if you look at some of the the more advanced numbers that he, you know, a greater percentage of the pressure he he feels turns into sacks. It's a lot of stuff that he does. It's holding onto the ball too long and that kind of thing. So, you know, I think they've actually done a reasonable job in terms of slowly repairing the stuff around him. Um, they, he couldn't have gone on, you know, into the future with the kind of line he had last year, and they have improved it. it maybe not enough, but. You know, a lot of it's got to be on him. And, and Andrew Luck just isn't as good as a lot of people try um, and suggest that he is. He's He's got huge talent, and he's the kind of guy who's, um, whose kind of ceiling may well be completely limitless. But right now, he's not anywhere near the all-pro quarterback that some people try and make out. Um, the organization, does it get a bit of a free pass? Is it, was it pure bad luck on the Trent Richardson deal? Or is any time you trade away your first-round draft pick for a running back, stupid. Yeah, there's definitely that argument. Um, I, I think you could you can't get a free pass. I mean, some of the problems that Richardson has now, you could see in Cleveland as well, um, and, and other people had pointed out even before he was drafted. But I think there's definitely part of it that they kind of added to the they added to the speed with which he's broken um, in terms of that offensive line. He certainly at times last year, he would get the ball and the play was already dead, you know, and he was just instantly running for his life. And I think you can definitely break a running back in, turn, in the same way that you can break a quarterback with if the offensive line in front of them is bad enough because they have no faith that the blocking is going to hold up. So they're not even trying to press the, the intended point of attack. They're already bailing on the play you know, before it's had a chance to develop. And as soon as that happens, you're never going to get anything out of the, the run game. Can I just say, as a Patriots fan, we will uh, gladly welcome either of these two teams into uh, Foxborough on next Saturday night, if uh, given the opportunity. Even Andrew Luck, yeah. Oh, well, flashback a year ago when they were seemingly more dangerous and they were destroyed. I think they were worn out after the Kansas City Chiefs game. Uh, they had a week to recover. I, I'm, this one will be a blowout, right? Say, say they roll in on a blowout full of confidence and they're like, yeah, this is my chance to, to prove to the doubters like Sam that I am actually as good as Tom Brady. I, I, look, I haven't seen anything this year to tell me that anything's changed with that team. Let's move on. Surely this, this game, the Lions or the Cowboys, this is Dez versus Megatron. Yep. This is uh, the pretender in Matt Stafford against the Romo Coaster, mm. who's actually been brilliant since that opening game against San Francisco. I know, yeah. Playing through his broken back and everything. Yeah, you've got, um, and you've got the weird Cowboys-like exuberance. Like they, You were talking about teams just, you know, how disappointing the Colts have been since they just sort of accepted that there's nothing to play for and, you know, they're going to rest their guys. The Cowboys have taken this completely opposite track where they're just like, hey, we're going to do onside kicks in the first half of this game against Washington when we're already up 20 points and there's completely no point. But we're going to run DeMarco Murray into the ground and we're going to keep throwing to Dez and to, and to Terrence Williams. We're going to run up the score on these guys because, hey, that's how we do it. In that Colts game, even, they wouldn't, they, you know, Matt Hasselback was in. The, the, whole, uh, the whole Cowboys first team is still playing. There's no, you know, I, it's... I I like it. Run up the score on these guys. Get your keep your guys hungry. Keep them uh, keep them playing. But you just wonder at what stage will they just um, will they maybe they might uh, burnout become a factor. You can't do seven games in a row. There's probably no need for it. You know, there's probably there's maybe a limit to some of this stuff. Um, I don't know. Sam, what do you think? This is a team suddenly that has an identity that um, that is one of the most exciting offenses that's out there at the moment, why not just keep rolling while you can? I mean, it doesn't look like this is a coach who's ever been in control of a situation like this. So he's like, well, don't really know what to do here. 
I think both these teams are actually in pretty good position. It, it, it's possibly the best. In fact, it's probably the best game of the weekend and one of the the better potential games of the whole playoffs. Um, the the Lions keeping Sue, I think, from that suspension. That uh, the interesting thing about that was they made a point of saying that this suspension was not. Um, the appeal wasn't successful. They didn't buy the, the ridiculous excuse he gave that he couldn't feel his feet and therefore didn't know he was standing on Roger's leg. Uh, they simply deemed that the appropriate punishment for standing on his leg was 70 grand fine and he could play in the playoffs. For anybody who missed this, uh, there's a, a brilliant gif on the internet where you can look and see the moment where it's kind of, it's like there's a Pruder film back mm-hmm. to the left uh, where he just stands back and then his other foot comes and also lands on the ankle. It's, it's the like, second foot that kind <laughs> of, that, that troubles you. Uh, and then there's this kind of very weak wienery uh, where he, he almost pats him on the ass to get him away. And I'd <laughs> yeah. say that probably hurt Aaron Rodgers' hand more yeah, than yeah. anything has hurt his hand in a long time. But um, Sue was banned for a game, appealed, and now is only going to have a 70 grand fine. Uh, I, was there a bit where he was actually just getting fined or just getting banned because he's in Dominican Sue as opposed to... Because, I, I don't know, the first one didn't... The first step didn't yeah. look on purpose. And then at uh, that point... So. I, I, think it, I think it was pretty clear that Actually, standing on him wasn't on purpose, but not immediately getting off as soon as he realized he was standing on him was entirely deliberate. Uh, you know, at that point, I think he probably did deserve the ban, especially with the, the lengthy kind of discipline history he's had. Yeah, I don't know. I think that you can almost kill people on an NFL field. <laughs> standing on someone's <laughs> on the lower end of the scale. It's like... Uh, yeah, standing on Aaron Rodgers, though. I suppose, well, that's also... It's a dog and suit on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if he's, if he's standing on Drew Stanton or Ryan Lindley, I'm like, <laughs> I, Lindley, stop being such a whiner. I like that. Could you... I, I didn't know that you could play football with frozen feet, but uh, apparently you can. Um, yeah, it was the second... The moment... He lingered a moment over it. It would have been genius otherwise. It was something out of, like, the, the Premier League, the dark days, you know, or, like, 80s English football. I, yeah. John Giles and Graham Sooners would have been happy with it. So it's the um, amazing defense that we've seen from the Lions all season against this amazing offense. Traditionally, all of the weight of evidence would suggest that D is better and more important and it's easier to sustain than offense. And yet, I don't know, there's just this weird thing. You have this holy trinity of Dez, Tony Romo and DeMarco Murray all having career years. That's very important. Yeah. It's also both the trenches as well. It's one of the. It's possibly the best offensive line in the year this year, or this season against the best defensive line in the year. So it's rare that you get two kind of really strong units on the line of scrimmage going up against each other. So that's another kind of fascinating matchup this week. Tell me what people should be looking for who are watching, listening to the podcast, and then who go and watch this game on Sunday night. I mean, I presume the commentators, hopefully, unless it's Phil uh, Sims. Well, it'll be Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. So it'll uh, be a lot of it'll be pro Cowboys. Uh, so what should people be looking for when they're looking at those battles is it the length of time that Romo has in the pocket is it how how many yards generally DeMarco Murray or how many opportunities there are for him to break off runs what, what's the signifier that one team is getting better than the other I think it's it's a case of how many times the Lions can play on the Dallas side of the line of scrimmage so how many times they're messing up plays in the backfield whether it's by pressuring Romo or whether it's you know a guy knifing in to, to cut down the run before it's had a chance to go anywhere. If if the Cowboys can stop them doing that and can kind of limit them to playing on their own side, then I think they're winning that battle. If the Lions can get guys disrupting plays, you know, consistently, then they're winning. What do you think is going to happen? The Lions did not beat good teams. I think that's going to be a problem. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're going to have to start some st- at some stage. I guess it's the same thing with the Bengals. Like um, in in these kind of in these kind of games, generally, traditionally. Teams that tend to lose to good teams bring that trend into um, into into the playoffs, and I just fear. I think it'd be a good game, a close game, but I I I think I think if you're the neutral, right, and you don't want say you don't want Seattle to just run the table, which seems very that almost seems inevitable now, right? And say you don't want like another Seattle New like a Seattle New England Super Bowl where um, two evil empires collide exactly, and Seattle um, destroy them again. Dallas, I think, are the team that the neutrals should get behind. I think they're the funnest, the weirdest, the craziest team that got the crazy owner. This is you, you, you. You're hoping that the Cowboys kind of put put up. You know, they just they kind of blow them out here. Or yeah, like that they that they bring all their they bring their A game because they're 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 quite a fun team to watch. Even if even if inevitably, I think there's something so hateable about the whole the whole team. So. Uh... 
The story is the Patriots and the Broncos await. Pats play the lowest seed left, um, so that's more than likely going to be the Bengals or the Colts. The, lose, the winner of that game, I, I would say. I think the Steelers are going to win. And um, same for, you know, the, it'll be, say, the winner of um, the Cards-Panthers game is likely going to Seattle. So if as long as, as, as Dallas do what they, they should do. All right. Okay, um, Sam, very quickly, Harbaugh gone, Mark Tressman gone, Mike Smith gone, Rex Ryan gone. Uh, is there a case that any of these coaches should still have their jobs? Uh, probably not where at their, you know, the, the place they've just been fired from. But I think there's definitely a case that one or two of them could get another job pretty quickly. I think Rex Ryan certainly would be a guy that I think a lot of teams are interested in. He's, he's too good of a defensive coach um, not to. I mean, he's, he's not going to have... He doesn't have any interest in being a defensive coordinator, apparently. But I think you can surround him with enough good people that he's still a good head coach if you can find an offense to work with him. Shouldn't the Jets have kept him then? Like fired Isaac and got somebody in who can work with him, find him a quarterback so that on his resume it's not just Mark Sanchez and uh, Gino. Gino, who obviously was amazing in the last game of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. I just think he'd, he'd had too many opportunities in New York he'd had, he'd kind of blown too many chances that it's probably the right time to move on from him um, if for no other reason than in a place like New York you know at some point the the kind of media attitude towards the coach just turns too far to ever kind of rescue and I think Ryan had probably hit that point um, Jed York the, the owner mm. of maybe he's the CEO I don't know if the, the, same thing really yeah. representative of the family got slaughtered by one of the local beat writers in, uh, in the press conference. In San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, himself and um, Trent Balke were sitting up there and Balke seems to have got a, a free pass even though you kind of wonder if he's the Iago and all this mm-hmm. where they're getting rid of Jim Harbaugh. But he was, um, you know, taking a task for sending out a tweet on Thanksgiving for apologising. Oh, yeah. And then uh, at, at the end of it, it was like, oh, thanks for the life lesson to whoever it was that had just killed him. In the, and I got the sense that the media got exactly what they wanted in San Francisco, which was this brilliant subplot that they could write about all year. And mm-hmm. uh, and they got rid of Jim Harbaugh, and now they're like, oh, shit, who we don't we, have Jim Harbaugh anymore. Who are we going to kick around? Yeah, it's so stupid. It's so short-sighted and idiotic that they actually... <laughs> <sighs> well, I hope you, it'll be fun when they go when they go 4-12 and 12 next year and Colin Kaepernick gets gets benched and whoever it is. I don't know. I, I have, Chad Henney? Isn't, isn't Chad Henney the yeah. second string... I never, growing up in New Jersey, the 49ers were a rival team of the New York Giants, and I've always hated them. <laughs> and I and I enjoy nothing more than watching them implode again. I don't, and I don't like Harbaugh either. I hate his attitude. But um, I don't know. Maybe, look, there's a chance that Harbaugh is a guy who's, for all of his um, all of his, his great qualities as a coach, is like com, com, burns himself out on his own team, and they all got sick of listening to him. Um, but... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what. We'll, I'm interested to see what's next in the career of Colin Kaepernick because there's so, like that run against San Diego two weeks ago was so incredible. It's like this is what everybody wants to see. Yeah. But um, you know, he seems like on a really on a real downward trajectory. Somebody made the point that Seattle, when they were screwing things up with Percy Harvin early in the season, fixed it, mm. and San Francisco didn't fix it when they were screwing things up early in the season and actually lost their identity when they went back to it. It turns out Frank Gore is still very effective and Colin Kaepernick is also a brilliant open field runner when you create the chances for him, Sam. And that's the difference between an organisation that's being run well where everybody can have an open and honest conversation and an organisation where there is tensions and people seem to hate each other. It's very strange. It's a weird situation. It has been all year long. But we saw that Kaepernick can definitely function within a certain type of offence. And it's the type of offence that the rest of that roster is perfectly built to execute as well. It, it, it never made any sense why they went away from that or why it took them so long to go back to it in the, fir- in the first place. Um, but it, it's shown you that it, it can definitely function next season if they get the right guy in there who's prepared to run that kind of thing. But, the, I mean, the, the kind of coach and, and front office tension never made much sense either. Somebody made the point during the week that it, it's an awful lot like the, the Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson divorce you know, with the Cowboys back in the the 90s or whenever that was, um, in that you kind of, you've got a guy who is unquestionably doing a fantastic job for you, but for whatever reason, 
the, the front office tension builds and builds until they just don't get on well enough to, to coexist anymore. And, you know, they've got to part ways. And when that happens, the guy that's going to go is going to be the head coach. Um, and obviously it, it didn't work out for Dallas in terms of Jimmy Johnson went left. He He's became widely credited with the guy that built all of that and, and the Cowboys have been trying to get back to that point ever since. Yeah. So 49ers have got to be pretty desperately hoping that history doesn't repeat itself in that way. All right, Sam, we've got to leave it there. Thanks a million. Anytime, guys. It's uh, Sam Monson there at PFF underscore Sam. We've got Mixed Picks coming next. All right, uh, time for Mixed Picks. Uh, we named this in honour of angry producer Mick, who is here, and he's at his, uh, his most angry. He's trying to suggest that somehow the little thing that we do with the picks mm. is in any way as important as uh, what's the name of the segment the entire half hour that we spend on our fantasy talking about our fantasy exploits and the reason that we're talking about this is because it's, it's called we, we basically shoehorned this in as a way to um, to beat on Mick on, on <laughs> fantasy how did you get on this year in fantasy relegated in one of the leagues that, that's the one that Donnie won and how did you get on in the other one in the league well, that I, I won I played in three leagues I got to semi-finals <laughs> in two of them and didn't have a great semi-final day you beat me by about 100 points and in, in the other league I was actually beaten by even worse if that's even possible 113-61 was the uh, final score in ours from your quarterback from your two starting wide receivers from your special teams and from your kicker how many Why points you like this? how many points should you get because I can't well hold on I've got I've got two <laughs> wide receivers um, that both were not playing um, only, and I only had, it was the weakest part of my team anyway, and both of them were gone. From your starting Edelman and uh, Edelman com- and T.Y. Hilton. Oh, yeah. A combined total of 20 points from those quarterback, two wide receivers. I also started RG3 on Donnie's advice. Which it doesn't oh, matter because yeah. I got beaten by so much. But that was on our last Kaepernick podcast, actually. Yeah. That's right. The last time we were here. Yeah. Let's cast our minds back before Christmas. Kaepernick went crazy. He did. It didn't matter. 27 points? It mattered not. I had flown back to America that day, that Saturday, and I was in this sort of jet lag stupor, and I watched Kaepernick just destroy the charges and I felt oh god and I he'd already screwed me in my fantasy game because uh, you were playing against him I was, no I was sorry I was I started RG3 yeah in solidarity with Mick um, and this the whole the you managed to survive manic. right yeah we'll get to that but anyway so anyway <laughs> I felt like oh god I've screwed Mick here with this Kaepernick call anyway he still loses by 50 or something like yeah, that no, so. it, it didn't matter but look it was just a sign of things to come that weekend. Like, it was not... It was never good. Everything was wrong. Once the two lads got injured, everything was gone to shit. And the two lads being... Matt Forte, and no, like, you know, was Matt playing... Matt Forte, though, right? He's 15 he, he, points. He did okay with a, with a touchdown, but, like, he wasn't... He was never going to have one of his 30-point games. T.Y. Hilton? T.Y. Hilton went, scratched. was scratched, and Julian Edmond had a concussion. Like, yeah. they were the only two receivers I have. Like, who did I start? Adams Devante and... Devante Adams and Dante mm. Moncrief. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, and that was in that, like, that game on. against the Cowboys where they got destroyed. I would have been... Uh, yeah, which was over after five minutes. I would have been level on points with you just starting Mark Sanchez, Matt Aziata, and Odell Beckham You're Jr. You're not a very good winner. I come in here like with all, all to say, Jerry, what you did this year, you stacked your receivers, they were unbeatable, and with Beckham and all them. Like, you know, this was... It was a very well-played season, I would have oh, thought. No, no, there, we can talk about the rest of it. I mean, you know, I got lucky along the way. Sure. Uh, of course, you were lucky to make the playoffs, but then... I was the last person to make the playoffs. Yeah. Won the last five games. It was cruel to see mixed well, you know, it, it's not. It's nice that I'd like you know that I was coming in gracious, and then I just get attacked. Oh no! This is a complete change of tack from from you because you weren't being gracious at all all season long. During like, the season, I'm going to win this league. I am unbeatable. I have the greatest <laughs> team ever assembled. <laughs> I've never said That's that. exactly what you were like. Four incredible running backs. I said in passing that I like. I've got I this amazing strategy which I oh, is so brilliant that I can't go into on the podcast. Our strategies are the exact same, except I have running backs and you have receivers. Oh, well, you you wouldn't tell us what your strategy was earlier in the season because you were oh, like. No. No, 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 Wait no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. I have a strategy that's for next season. Ah. It always was. No, no, no. I just can't tell it because people knowing about it will affect it happening. Uh, if that makes sense. It's sad to see a team, you know, it's the nature of, of sport. When you see, a collapse, it, see a team, they just dominate for so long. But... They can't. They just the finishing lines in sight, and they just trip over themselves. Even in like the third and fourth place playoff against you and. I got beaten by about 100 points. Like, that team collapsed. Did There's you put your nothing left in it. Not really, but it was the same team as the week before. I, oh, I, I did. I put in Hilton. I actually made a substitute. Um, and he got zero. Zero targets, zero catches, zero I went, yards. I went back and checked. I did have the top score for the last five weeks in a row, mostly on the back of uh, By the way, two, le- two leagues Jr. that I'm in that I made the playoffs, both won by Odell Beckham. Like, um, I mean, he was getting you 30 points a game. Like, I mean, it was that... 
He averaged 19, I think, um, over the last five weeks. Yeah. Uh, it must have been, actually, maybe he averaged higher than that because generally you're getting 20, 26 from him. I had Antonio Brown, who was the best wide receiver mm. in, in fantasy, and uh, also amazingly picked up Matt Asiata as a complete fluke a couple of weeks ago. I'd had him early in the season. Yep. was kept trying to trade him around. I had him on the, I picked him up on the waiver wire, got sick of him. I think I might hate him. Was, there was a time when he was, I mean, he was, he didn't do anything for like seven or eight weeks and then they, they went back to him late in the year. The other brilliant thing that was a complete fluke, I was up late one night watching Connor Barth kick and uh, I was like, hang on a second. Mm-hmm. The kicker for the Broncos is a new guy. So I just drafted him in both my leagues and he had one bad week against you actually where he only got three points. But generally, since Peyton has turned into little wiener arm, yep. they can't get, they, they can't score touchdowns. Well done. So every time they go to the red zone, he kicks a field goal. Um, but also Mark Sanchez, amazing down the stretch. Yeah, putting up points, fair play. No, no crap. The league. only eagle doing it as well. So when I stopped, like, I was having, I had to, just to show that everything that went wrong, like, it's like I had the eagles defense who were the top scorers up until the last few weeks of the season when they just completely stopped scoring. Yeah, yeah. I had Cody Parkey, who was the number one kicker. I had him all season. Then all of a sudden he starts getting four points a game. Yeah. It's just everything that could go. Look, it happens and it's fine. Like it's it's actually better than losing by a point or two, seriously, because there was no worry. Oh, yeah. The game was over mm. at like seven o'clock on yeah. Sunday, you know, and it was kind of over going in. Once I had to make those subs, I kinda knew I was beaten, so it I was, was I was pretty happy to see Edelman and uh yeah. T. Y. Hilton out. That was it. Yeah. So that was that was beating Mick and then after Mick By the way, I think if they'd both played and I'd played Kaepernick, I still would have lost that game. Was, oh yeah, there was no scored a lot. There was know? no way. 113. 113 is a decent score. Scored 127 against Philip Jordan in the final. He put up 81. It was close enough for a while. It was never in doubt. Uh well, Des Bryant had 27 on the board in the first 6 minutes. I was like, "Oh, Jesus." Mm. That was when I was a little bit worried. But after that, all, my, lost all my boys the final came through. In both years now, we should, you know. Two successive seasons. Mentioned well, that. As he keeps pointing out, an unusual experience for him as a Tyrone. Mentioned it a once, yeah. man. I mentioned it last year as well uh, to you, and I was like, ah. I wasn't sure if that was a dig, who that was a dig at. <laughs> I would have said it was actually aimed at Michal Quirk. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, given that Tyrone always would be Kerry in those games when those two would have been playing. Yeah. Mick was a, you know, maybe Billy Joe can explain to you oh, very, was, very cruelly. Wow. Jesus. Do you think that was cruel? That yes. was one of the harshest, meanest digs I've ever read. But like, yeah. I mean, that that's what Mayo is. Uh, well, you know, he's our man. It's not there, Billy so. Joe, it's his county. He was only involved in a couple of those finals. The, the, <laughs> the bitterness dripping off that WhatsApp text. Ah, no, that was never. not bitterness. Ah. It was a joke. It was a, it was a black joke. The kind of the kind of humour I've learned from spending too many years around Jerry Gilroy. Uh, the... the, the Specific type of one that only at Christmas you're like, ah, oh, I'm gonna get everybody. Uh, my gonna, fantasy team, Billy <laughs> Joe, who's never even sent a WhatsApp message. <laughs> I'm just gonna burn somebody here. Yeah. So mixed Look, picks. I am very gracious about the fact that I completely fell apart, but I do think that we should talk about the fact that we did talk about another league on this um, yeah, yeah. that I got relegated from, and I'm again not bitter about it. Kind of bitter. But last Donnie, team, at, last team of the playoffs. Hey. We, were, we were in this room talking about the three of us going getting relegated. I should point mm. out that it's a fourteen-team league yeah. and eight teams make the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's great. <laughs> By the way, Jer made a lot of money off that uh, that ESPN thing. That's true. We we forgot to mention it's yeah, very important. Yeah. Very the early, most important. Very thing. early in the season, Donny wanted to top load it so that the winner pretty much took all the cash, and I was very against that. Yeah. Now I'm a little bit, you know. I would have had you get an eight hundred euro. Five hundred, I'm happy enough with. Yeah. Sorry, so anyway, eight seed. Eight seed. No money for this league. Barely. I went eight and eight. Uh, you were relegated in what, six and ten? Six and, sorry. Six and ah, No, five seven and Seven and seven. So, okay, two games between us. I had a, I had a minus 60 uh, points differential going to the playoffs. I had, this team that I had assembled was not a good team. But yeah. before, a couple weeks before, at the trade deadline, I traded Des Bryant for my second rounder next year. So I thought, look... Let's just go along for the ride. I won't get relegated. We'll see what goes on. You know, there's three weeks in this playoff. First week, play the best seed, the best team in the league, a juggernaut. Took him down pretty handily. He had, I think he had, a, as we talked about last time, Jordy Nelson dropped a 90-yard touchdown pass, and that basically was the difference between me and, and him. Then the week before, the week after that, one of the worst semifinals you'd ever see in fantasy. Both teams put, put up 70 points. I won on this is a semi-final. I won on with seventy-two point. By the way, points. in this league, I'm putting up 120, yeah. 140. Yeah, yeah. This is I, the I, high I managed to scrape league, it in. Yeah. I had CJ Anderson. I picked him up on the waiver wire. 
the high score. Violin's playing there. And Lamar Miller. So, stop it now. Come on. You won. You have to stop moaning. Amazingly. <laughs> I'm, so I'm down this, this semifinal. I'm down 10 points. Uh, 10.5 points or something like that. So I need... The, I have the Seattle defense. Uh, Which he drafted in the fifth round, I think. I think I took it in the sixth round, and they had been really poor all year in terms of fantasy points. They'd been around, like, the, down in, like, the, in the 20s or something in terms of ranking, right? And I'm just... I had played Jacksonville a few times over them, all this kind of stuff. They do... I, I need them in the fourth quarter of this game to get, like, some combination of either a return touchdown or four sacks or something like that and a recovered fumble. Goes down to the last play of the game. I'm down... 1.5 points. The Cardinals have just completely laid over. It's like the it's the Seattle backup D in at this stage, right? <laughs> you and like four other fantasy uh, players are the only ones it, even watching this like game the in the world. The stage. score is like 30, 4 million other fantasy it's players. 39-6, but uh, it's very it's very rare that you see someone relying on a defensive uh, point scoring event to turn a game. I need one sack. Last play of the game. Uh, Ryan Ninley drops back from shotgun. And I don't know what happens, but but he he's he the the pocket collapses on him. A Seattle guy gets his hand on him, and he kind of shucks out of the way. And I'm like, oh! And then <laughs> another guy comes in and sacks him, gives me the two points I need. I win by like point five. Go into the final last week. Thought he's dancing around the sitting I'm room. doing the, I do a lap around my sitting room. It's probably the happiest my family have seen me in about <laughs> twenty years. This is really an amazing <laughs> event because they've the, the odds of them doing this were in, incredible. It's totally insane. Yeah, why are why are Arizona even playing on? Yeah, why aren't they just running the ball? It actually took it took Seattle like screwing up um, some. They, they couldn't kill the they couldn't kill the clock off, so they had to punt back to them. So then I played Mossy Quinn there in the championship last week, um, and it was tight. I he had Rogers, I had Manning. It was basically coming down to that, and he had Le'Veon Bell. So. That, and I had the CLD, so something like those two forces going against each other. Um, Manning is terrible. Should have played RG3. Knew that right away. Uh, Rodgers gets hurt. That's all weird. What's going on? Then he comes back. Um, so still had an okay game. Yeah, he still put up 26 points. He's in our yeah. final yeah. in Dutter League. We're, um, so I'm, I'm down about 10, and I'm realizing this, this show is over here. I'm done. Um, I kind of had stopped watching the games. I was watching a movie. Just kind of checking my phone every now and again. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere... The Seattle D just puts up like fifteen or twenty points on the Seattle D, completely out of nowhere. They they return. They do. There's that pick six and there's a few sacks and I think a oh yeah a, a fumble. Their second half was insane. It was the fourth yeah. quarter really. They were so like all of a sudden I'm I'm up about I think I'm up nineteen points going into the late game. Le'Veon Bell against against uh, Cincinnati. He's averaging. I averaged. I added up all his points. He's averaging like eighteen point eight. Fantasy points a game in this flea flicker league, yeah. uh, and I go to bed. Turns out he hyperextended his knee in, in the third quarter. He only had like eight or ten points. And You're long story short, I'm the champion. <laughs> it's a short story long. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well done, you, you, you earned that ten minute rant, ten, ten minute story. Well, look, you got to tell this to somebody. Who else? <laughs> <laughs> Because your family look at you weird when you're talking about fantasy no, NFL. That's it. If the first part of the story, the semi-final part, is actually genuinely interesting. It was mad. You, but, like, it was going into the fourth quarter. They needed... I was still 10 points down. It, there was, there was I think, three sacks and a fumble going into the last drive that I needed. All kinds of weird, completely meaningless things to, in the game yeah. had to go my way. Um, I, I did go back and check after I'd won to see where I drafted Odell Beckham in the 12th round was where I that's managed good. to get him. Yeah, that's about average. Good pickup. I'm going to have him for the rest of my life. Yeah. Unless, of course, one of you chumps wants to trade me like six different uh, players. For Look, him. I'll trade you Dante Moncrief. <laughs> if, if we were doing this terrible segment this time last year, I would be the one boasting about how genius I was picking Josh Gordon in the 12th or 11th round. Yeah. And look what happened the year on. Michael, so, Michael Jordan is looking after Odell Beckham Jr. What you need to do <laughs> probably not a good thing. is realize that in this league, uh, things change pretty now, quickly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be uh, planning any uh, investments in uh, with that with future winnings of this league. Let's well, just I, say you know, I'm I'm spending the money. If I have it, I'll spend it. Before we leave fantasy, and yeah. well done to both of you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Congratulations. Mate. Three people on this podcast. Unusually, we're in two leagues together, and two of you won. It's actually weird. <laughs> it's yeah. really surprising. Is it that um, we spend that much you, time? You, you, both, you both finished <laughs> on. You both in the leagues you won. You both finished on like seven and fifty. Seven. Yeah, 7-7-8. Yeah, 7-7 both of you and 1. Uh, but before we go, 
I think for I think all fancy play people who were in finals in the last week would probably all agree you're better off having your final week sixteen, aren't you? Mm, week seventeen so. shouldn't exist. I don't know. There was a load, last week was really exciting for fancy. I think I had to pick up Charles Clay, but you're playing. And he asshole, came through with nine Gronk points. Because isn't playing. Yeah, well, Charles Clay's on asshole, and now I have him for good. And actually, he's going to be a free agent, and if he's fit, he's amazing. So yeah, yeah, he's not. I like it. I think, hey, show what you've got when like when things are really up against you. When when you might have to. I like the idea that you might have to start a Connor Shaw or a Case Keenum. Connor Shaw. There's nothing. There's nothing could make you start him. Anyway, look, well done. Fancy's uh, over. Thank God. Yeah. I need my life back. I had I had some chump on on. Who was my starting running back? Anyway, I had some Went weird... home from work on Tuesday night. Sorry to interrupt. I, uh, I went home from work on Tuesday night and just felt something wrong. Mm-hmm. As I didn't know what it was and it was because I didn't have to go looking for wire yeah, pickups. Jaquiz yeah. Rogers like, started yeah, in my final. True, yeah. And I still got up 127 points. <laughs> Good man, Jaquiz, with your five points. Right, mixed Jeez. picks. We did this... The um, overlooked mixed picks has uh, all changed in the last two weeks. Fairly unimportant part of the podcast yeah, where we the, pick the some teams. Yeah, whatever. Segment. Um, so when we went away, Donny was in the lead just about 16, 23 and 3. Mick, 16, 24 and 2. I was two behind, 14, 26 and 2. Since then, Donny's gone 1 and 5. Mick has gone 3 and 3 and I've gone 2 and 4. So the new table has Mick way out in front. Mick, 19, 27 and 2. Donny, 17, 28 and 3. And I'm... Um, well, game behind Donny, game and a half behind Donny, 16, 30 and 2. So we're going to pick all the games between now and the final. And Yeah, so we all have them made. I would say that's important from now on. I, I say that it. as the person in the lead, but like, you know. Uh, well, yeah, my, my know what. So yeah. it's Arizona at Carolina, it's Baltimore at Pittsburgh, it's Cincinnati at Indy and Detroit at Dallas. Arizona plus 6.5, Baltimore plus 3, Cincy plus 3.5, Detroit plus 6.5. So all the home teams are favoured by at least three points. We should go game by game. Go game by game. Okay. Well, we'll start off with the Saturday night crappy game. Yep. The improving Carolina Panthers against Ryan Lilly. And that's it. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to take Carolina anyway. I watched a good bit of them last week and Cam looked like Cam. Yeah. He really did. And I think their defence will easily be able to stop Arizona. And I think they'll win by 10 or 15 points. I'm like, I like Arizona here. All right. You've yeah. been on them all year, you know? Yeah. Can't I, leave I, them. Nope. I'm going to ride it out. I also realized got to make a few unpredictable picks here to get back in the game if I'm going to win another championship this this month. So, um, yeah, give me give me Arizona. I'm picking Carolina. Straightforward. I'm going all the home teams. I'm not going to lie. Well, okay. Baltimore plus three at Pittsburgh, minus three. Give me the Steelers. Um, Even though, as I've already said... Joe Flacco never lost a first-round playoff game. There's always got to be a first time. This could be the worst playoff team he's played on. Well, hang on now. That might have something to do with it. The Le'Veon Bell stuff, earlier on, I was like, it looks like he might play. Now it looks like he won't play. Mm-hmm. So maybe that changes things. I've so got Baltimore so, here. going to throw to... Wow, Tommy. Baltimore. All Plus taking road teams. This is not how you uh, go about gambling on the, the wild card so weekend. So you're Baltimore plus three? Yeah. Freezing rain in Pittsburgh. 100% chance. They're used to that in Baltimore, though. Yeah. Well, cold, like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those AFC North, Pittsburgh, Baltimore games. It's going to be brilliant. But ultimately, the Baltimore defense, the secondary is terrible. They would have actually contained Bell anyway, you would think. But they're not going to contain Antonio Brown. Cincinnati plus three and a half at Indy minus three and a half. Give me Indy all day long. I can't. I can't take the Bengals here, although no. I, I'd like to, but I can't. This is weird. I'm taking the Bengals. Okay. I think that I think that Pitts, uh, Indy are playing terrible football at the moment. They are. And they have been for a few weeks before. Everything was like they, they were really bad against Houston, the game that they won to tie up the division. Houston are good. Yeah, but they were... Yeah, look, I'm not even saying winning wasn't a good win. They were bad on the night. It was a terrible game. They scored 16 points or something, 17 points. City might cover is the thing, which is kind of what we're not... These aren't picks. I think. I also think it's... I think we've been all underestimating Cincinnati all year. They're a good team. We just look at Dalton. Mm, They're a good team. They're an okay team at home. Is AJ Green playing? Doubts. Up in the air. Is it concussion? Indy also have a good corner against him. I can't remember his name. Actually, I completely forgot Dante about Dante Davis. I forgot about um, AJ Green's head. Mm, it was his arm and then it's something Shoulder. else. Yeah, I don't know. They Look, were... he's banged up, but he's a wide receiver in the NFL. Of course he's banged up. They're Come good on, Mick. Get They're... off the fence. No, okay, I'll take the, the I'm taking the Bengals. I already picked them. Yeah, there you go. 
Do you take the Bengals too? No, I have Indianapolis. No way. All right. And Detroit plus six and a half at Dallas minus six and a half. This one's a bit trickier. Yeah, those extra points. I think Dallas are probably a shoe in to win this game. But I have it written down here. Lions plus 6.5. So do I. I think this is going to be close. Like, I think the Lions will definitely live with them. Cowboys have been well, good last time. It's one like, touchdown. Cowboys yeah, but the Cowboys are like, Cowboys, I, you know, if I had to pick a winner, I'd pick them. But I think it's closer than, it's a close game. Like, I think it could go either way. Well, let's see Matt Stafford prove that he's not a, yeah. that he's not Matt Stafford. Yeah. Thank, since Thanksgiving, well, Dallas has been really good. Yeah. Yeah, the Detroit have been poor enough. They weren't very good last week. No, they they keep it close. They can't win. They haven't won at Lambeau in like nineteen ninety one. Is it? That's yeah. insane. They play there every year. That's an incredible record. So that could be like you know that's just hanging over them. I think. Look, wait, like look. Don't forget, this is still the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, they get to this stage of the year now. You know they're you know it's still a Tony Romo has been phenomenal this year. But let's remember all the, the things that made Tony Romo jokes, Tony Romo jokes in the first place. What age is he? 35? He not away yet. No, no he's about 32, I'd say. Is that all? Yeah. So he's just entering his peak. Mm. Possibly. He's, he's had an amazing... He's played with a broken back. Yep. Yeah, and he's and been broken I'm not saying a word against him. Except and, for his uh, past. And, I don't know, Matt Stafford's running backs have been overrated all season, I think. Right, so this is all This is all very interesting. There's no no game that we all picked the same... Team, You're, so Jerry, you have Dallas. You're saying yeah, Dallas you have minus six and a half, Indy minus three and a half, Pittsburgh minus three, Carolina minus six and a half. Interesting. I think it's a lot of points for Detroit. Yeah, it probably is a lot of points if you've got Calvin Johnson and he scores three touchdowns. Dallas has been winning winning every game by more than ten, forty so, something. Yeah, I, I don't. I feel, I feel least comfortable with this pick. But anyway, we shall see. Yeah, that that's the one. No, that's the one I feel lured into. Yeah, more than the rest of them. But anyway, that's I, what gambling's all about. I'm open to being pleasantly surprised by Cincinnati, but I, I don't know. All right, we'll see. Either way, the Patriots, yeah, Patriots are so waiting on either the winners Baltimore, Cincinnati, or the Colts, and I think all of them coming into New England. The winners this week are Green. in action against good teams next week. More or less. Right, ideally. Yeah, Denver, New England, Seattle, Seattle, Green and Bay. Green Bay all await in their house. Yeah. All right, we've got lots to look forward to. We'll be back next week as well. Enjoy the weekend. Go easy. Thank you